Welcome to Rose Interview, a podcast where we become slop kebabs and talk about our favorite TV shows. We also, while inebriated, will talk about the representation it brings to TV, or lack thereof. So pour a drink, light a nice candle, set the mood, and let's get real sloppy and talk about TV. After this quick word from our sponsor. Welcome to this week's episode of Rosé and Review. I am here with one of my number one guest co-star, queen, princess, love her, <laughs> Alex Castro. Hello, my love. Hey, girl. Introduce yourself for those that don't know because they're stupid and they didn't listen to any of the episodes until now. So if you haven't listened to the other 80 episodes I'm on, my name is Alexandra I'm Castro. Sorry, this bitch just said her Venmo. <laughs> I'm about to slap the fucking my shit My Venmo out. is... Do not! <laughs> Venmo this whore! Okay, okay. So my PayPal is... I'm going to fucking And my Apple... No, just kidding. I am a Tejana person living in New York City. I am an actor, model, dancer, writer, producer. Everything. Entrepreneur, director of sales in a hotel. Badass bitch. Motherfucking heffa. So that's me. And also, I'm one of your best friends. So what's up? And I, I genuinely like TV now. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> it has been a journey. I will say that, and it's it is. It's been a journey. Alex, you should watch this. I hate that show. Nope, never watched it. Years later, have you seen the show? <laughs> Bitch, I told you to watch it. <laughs> Stranger yeah. Things. I know you said you found that shit on your own, but yeah, no, you did it. Yeah, I totally found it on. What the fuck? <laughs> Give me some credit. I'm out of here. Yeah, um, so I like TV now. Yes. I, I actually took some writing courses recently for TV because I, I would yes. love to cross over into writing both. For bloth. Bloth. Tequila. Uh-huh. I would love to start writing. Tequila. For both film, TV, and theater. <sighs> Look at you. That is that is quite the threat. You are bringing it in every industry, and I appreciate it. Nice. She's amazing. We love her. For those of you that have been listening, you obviously know this episode's about to be lit as shit because Alex and I are. <laughs> I'm ridiculous. <laughs> and we're drinking tequila. And we're drinking nice tequila. Ooh, we're Thank you, George Clooney. <laughs> so good. Too. And, mm. you know, I mean, he's not Mexicano, but it's really good. No, but he could be in my cano. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> Too much? Got it. Okay, and we're back. <laughs> Speaking of consent, what's today's episode about? <laughs> we are going to talk about a show that was very highly anticipated yes. because it was Apple TV's first. And they spent a fuck ton of money on their first they show. Spent- <laughs> So much money. We're talking about the morning show with Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon, not yep. without her spoon, <laughs> and Steve Carell. And so many other people. Mark Duplass. Yeah. Duplass. Duplass. Mark. Mark. And <laughs> Billy Crudup, who's yep. oh, which, ugh, He drives me nuts. He's so good. Fine. Emmy winner, Billy Crudup. Okay, fine, whatever. Marsha Gray Harden, yep. Mindy Kaling. So oh, many, Mindy Kaling's in this. I was worried about that. So many good people are in this show. But yeah, so we're talking about the morning show today, and I was very excited about it. So excited. Yeah, so it. excited about it, you watched it a year late. So I did, but fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> My thing was, like, before we even talk about this show, I will just say, what a flex for Apple TV. Apple was... Oh. <laughs> Apple TV wasn't a thing, wasn't nothing. And literally before, I think before they announced Apple TV... It was. I remember seeing the tweet being like, Jen Anson and Steve Carell in a new show on Apple's streaming platform. I was like, Apple's what? Yeah. Like, that wasn't even a thing. And so they just flexed it real hard. Oh. They're like, here's all our technology money. Which, like, if you look in the room right now, 
terrible. I get it. I'm part of the problem. <laughs> you have half of the Apple products in your room. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> oh, jeez. There you go. Anyway. But, yeah. So, like, they were just like, oh. But the, the, the problem was, at least from my perspective, the problem was they came out with the show. And then it was like, do, 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 yeah. do. Like, they had no other. Sh- they had a couple other ones. They had that C one with Jason Momoa, which was kind of terrible. And Central Park was cute, but I think they did it wrong. But whatever. It's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about the morning show. So I think they did very well. They, I mean, they spent a lot. Of, but that's again what I'm saying. Uh-huh. Spent a lot of fucking money on it, so it should have been done well. Um, if it had done been done poorly, it would have been like, what happened? <laughs> Can we have our money? Back? Right, you guys flexed, and all we saw was nothing. Garbage. Terrible basura. <laughs> and your phrase. So anyway, we're here to talk about the morning show. So what? What? Why did you watch the show a year late? Oh well, first of all, <laughs> go fuck yourself. Yeah. So the reason I watched the show. Well, first of all, fuck you. I knew about it before your tweet, so <laughs> suck a dick. And yet, still, twelve, more like 15 months later, because when did this show come out? Come on. Oh, Jesus. Okay, I watched it in quarantine because I had fucking time. I had time back in my life, That's okay? Fair. But this came out in 2019, so this has been... Um, 2020 is almost over. <laughs> I watched it earlier in this quarantine. But you watched it, like, July. I did not. Okay, first of all, that's not the question. So... The reason I watched Michelle because, well, first of all, the cast, huge Steve Crow fan. And also I had the opportunity to have the cast and crew, mm. or not, the, not the cast, but the crew came to my hotel looking for B-roll footage to mm-hmm. film. And they went ahead and they took me up on the offer. I let them film in one of my rooms. And when I, whenever you watch the season back, it's episode three, when they're in Hannah's apartment maybe it looks like a hotel room that they're in but the b-roll footage is the building outside of my hotel so it's really i mean mean, yeah you have to like look so yeah i was excited and i got to talk to the producers that were there i got to talk to the scout location guy they were all so nice they paid my rate which was really high that day yeah (laughs) whoops (laughs) oops uh we were selling like at 4.99 that day and they paid great no questions asked. I'm telling you, Apple was like, oh, money? Oh. We print it. Yeah. <laughs> we make money. Right? Like, oh, $490? <laughs> we thought you meant euros. We thought you meant $490 million. Oh, <laughs> no, no. Anyway. Here's the toilet paper. Yeah. And $490. <laughs> and what was funny is that, you know, so whenever... <clears throat> I get approached by entertainment clients. They never want to tell you the project. And they didn't. They didn't tell me the name of the project. They said, hey, look, we're working on a project for Apple TV. We can't give you too much information other than Steve Carell and Jennifer Aniston are the stars. So that's all they said. It's the only show that they've done. (laughs) I know. Well, this is before. Right. But it's funny because it's like, oh, so you told us the show. (laughs) (laughs) Basically. So, yeah, so I was excited, and I remember keeping an eye, an eye out on that, and then I saw advertisements, like, in Midtown and in Manhattan and everything, and so I just was excited. I genuinely wanted to watch it because I am a, a huge Steve Carell fan, thanks to The Office, and also I was really excited to see what Apple TV was going to fucking bring to the playing field yeah. because, I mean, I personally was naive enough to think that it was only going to be Netflix and Hulu, and then Amazon came out, and then all those other ones are coming out. HBO Max, Showtime. Showtime. Peacock. Which is where the office is moving to. I'm, well, it has to. They own the rights. Yeah, I know. Yeah, okay. Still, well, they can suck it. Okay. I like it on Netflix. Yeah, so. but I have Peacock, so I'll give you a login. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't understand what the problem is. Cool. Um, right. I was I was excited to see what Apple TV was going to bring to the to the, to the table. 
Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's a good reason. I, I, the main reason I watched it was I love new and shiny things. And Apple TV was, Apple TV Plus was new and shiny. Disney Plus came out. And I was like, oh my God, Disney Plus. Like, I'm the first person to sign up. Like, screws me over in the end because now HBO Max is like 30% off if you want to sign up. And I'm like. And if you have Apple TV, now you get one of those for free and yeah, you Showtime. Like, and I already paid for Showtime. I'm like, God damn it. And it, the word, you know what makes me so mad about these things? It's like, I got a new iPhone and. <laughs> With Apple AT&T, free, you're supposed free. to be able to merge. You're, like, you're supposed to be able to get like free, 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 free. But I already have them. So I don't understand why you can't just take my account, because you're all owned by the same fucking company, and just put it in and give me a year for free. Like, that should be really easy. You work in technology. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so whoever's listening who works at these companies, get your shit together. Because I'm pissed, and the IRS is coming for me. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so, okay, yeah, I mean, that's a good reason, I guess, to watch the show. You do love Steve Carell. I mean, you literally will watch anything that he does. I love him so much. And no, honestly, listen, he's, yes, he's known for being, like, a silly, like, character for the most part, but goddammit, he's a great actor, and... He really is. He, he, I mean, well, we'll get into it later, but he brought something that was needed to this character, because if they would have had an actor that was just an asshole or that played just a monster it wouldn't have worked it wouldn't have worked at all no i agree mm-hmm. i agree because you because you need someone who at their core is likable for this character yes there's a line that chip i believe it's chip who says it one of the, the executive producer uh, in the world of the morning show he says be like mitch mitch is somebody who you would want to talk to when you're at the dmv yeah. and that is exactly what steve carell did when he brought this and that's what most of his characters in his line of work have been is just like this fun <clears throat> person who's at the who seems at the core very you know funny so anyways but yeah i'm a big fan of him i watch pretty much anything he does i didn't watch any of the fucking despicable stuff i mean but like you don't do I animation don't, I, don't, so. I don't have kids either so yeah. well i don't think you need to have kids to watch those movies so let's I mean, be careful true i'm sorry <laughs> i will watch all of those movies <laughs> yeah. i literally i was at a friend's house for thanksgiving and they have a baby quarantine safe COVID safe but they have a baby, and so they're like, oh, let's like watch like an animated film. Like That's the excuse they need. So they're listing all these ones, and they're like, have you seen this? I said yes to all of them. And I was like, listen, don't base it off me. I love animated films. That's so, so wild. I don't know. I'm trying to relive my childhood. So what, what were the major things that kind of stuck out to you for this first season of The Morning Show? Because oh. they're definitely doing another season. Oh, oh my God. I'm excited. I mean, they left so many cliffhangers. But what stuck out to me the most was also very hard to process. Because, God damn it, it made me understand and realize that there are monsters every fucking where. In every setting. In our workplace. In our home life. In our friend groups. There are people that are monsters. They're just fucking terrible human beings. And you will never know... And it's, it's going back to what I said about Steve Carell's character being very likable. I was just like, oh my God, I've worked with people like him in corporate America for as long as I've worked in corporate, like in a corporate setting for almost 15 years. Jesus Christ. It was just, it was very like, it was like a hard reality check that like, I think his, his character's name is Mitch. I was like, I think (laughs) I've... (laughs) Right. Okay. Um, I'm going to go. Have a great rest of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Bye. I'll talk to your people. Um, it was just like, I have, I'm pretty sure I've known very, very different versions of Mitch in, in my corporate life. And it's scary because I've just, 
I've seen people and I've heard people come to me that they were like, you know, wrongfully treated by somebody would never want to bring it up. That person was very likable. So I don't know. It just, it, it, that's what stuck out to me was just like, holy shit. They truly captured that there are terrible human beings that will be covered up because of capitalism, right? A network like in the morning show environment does not want to let go of somebody that's so lovable and likable. So they're going to cover and damage these other people that have been hurt. So that stuck out. And aside from that, motherfucking holy shit, just the incredible acting. Jennifer Aniston broke my fucking heart. She yeah. was not my favorite character. We'll talk about that later. Not my favorite. And her name is Alex. Gas. <laughs> <laughs> she was not my favorite, but she broke my fucking heart. Yeah. She was such just a damaged, broken person. Yeah. Um, the one that played Chip was just a fantastic actor to me. He really, like, gave... Like if I was not a New Yorker, I'd be like, "That's New York." Like in a in a in a in a nutshell. Chip like, drove me nuts. Yeah, he was just a ball of anxiety. <clears throat> I am too. A ball of anxiety? No, no, but like a ball of anxiety, a ball of depression, a yes. ball of like just couldn't stand up to anybody. Like kind of a doormat. Yeah. In the highest position, which is where I think I was like really he was an getting pissed. He executive fucking producer on this beautifully done morning show. And you were just kind of like, okay, and these people said these things, so I guess this is what we're doing now. It's like, what? No. But the acting was just so fucking good, and Billy Crudup was amazing. <laughs> Steve Carell was incredible. That's my least favorite character. Uh, he but he played okay. He did, played it well. He played it very oh yeah, well. yeah. No, I think he acted very well. I hate that character. I hate him so much. We'll talk about it when yep, we get to Yeah, 100%. That. And then the last thing I just have to mention. I don't know what... There, there was magic in this in this uh, series. The way they made New York City look and feel. The cinematography, I always mention cinematography. It's a huge thing for me. I, I just... If, if something looks fantastic, I have to note it because those people never get recognition. Mm-hmm. The ones that film it. Nauticals is one of the most beautiful things ever filmed. I Made a Show You, which we talked about, has... So gorgeous. And this... Euphoria. Like, there's tons yeah. of shows that just have beautiful cinematography. Yeah, they do. And so this made New York look sad. Yeah. But beautiful. It yeah. made it look like a tragic, broken city, which, which it is. is. <laughs> and it was still beautiful. Like, for example, I just have to mention, there was a scene where two characters were walking in Brooklyn Bridge Park. And it was... Oh, yeah, when they're... When they're uh-huh, um, they're scheming. Scheming, that's the word. So... The way they filmed it was just like they didn't even they didn't even focus on the bridge. They didn't even focus on the skyline. They focused on them too, and that was the backdrop and it was blurry and it was just the way it looked. I can't get that image out of my head. And there was a few, there was two or three scenes of Steve Carell driving across the Brooklyn Bridge that just looked fucking gorgeous. And, you know, from Alex's apartment. That uh, apartment was yeah. sick. Yeah. But just the views, it was every single shot to me, like of the city was just this dark, dampened look. That was still just crisp and beautiful, yeah. and it just looked like a sad place. I have two things to say about what you just said. So one of them is the cinematography was beautiful. I will say, in the storyline, they were a little bit all over the city in ways that sometimes didn't make sense. Like there was definitely sometimes they're like in Midtown, and then or like Midtown West, and all of a sudden they're in Rockefeller. Like you're like, 
Those things aren't next to each my, other. My hotel's in Chelsea, and right. Hannah's place is on the east side. Right. Like, there, was, there was moments where you're like, no, I know where that is. Right. And it's not where you're saying where it is. So as people who live in New York, I felt like sometimes that was a little jarring for me. I don't know if that's for you, but I always pick that stuff out where I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I'm like, that's not where you just were. <laughs> law, law and order does that. Okay. All the fucking time. <laughs> um, and the second thing you said that really stuck with me and I think is like, like resonates is, is there are monsters everywhere. And this is specifically about, I know my hair is everywhere. Sorry. That's my hair. Oh, it could be. Um, oh yeah. We both have the same length. <laughs> What? Oh my god, you're beautiful. There are monsters everywhere, and this specifically is about monsters in media conglomerates and mm-hmm. the corporate industry. But but I will say something that I kind of took away with the first time I watched this, I rewatched it recently, but like the first time I watched it was like, we are all kind of guilty of like the friends that do those things. And you and I specifically have a friend that we are no longer friends with. That like and and we have friends that are still friends with him. We're like look away uh, from the crazy shit that they do and you know no but like they're really a good person like that was just a mess and like that was a slip up and like after a while like no that's a pattern and if they're not learning from it like there's because there's uh, there's something I also want to bring up Ugh. this is what I want to bring up on the last one cancel culture so let's make ah, sure okay. we talk about that at some point in this podcast sure. because that was something I want to bring up in the last podcast yeah but, like, there's something to be said of, like, repenting and, and like, and Mitch and Dick Lundy have that conversation, uh-huh. right? Where uh-huh. he's like, you have a, you have to repent and you have a long road ahead of you. There is something to be said of, like, doing that work. Right. But if you're someone who doesn't and is constantly still fucking up and doing those crazy things, like, we are all people who have those friends or, or had those friends and had those experiences. And it is not just tied to corporate culture. It's tied mm-hmm. to everything. Like... We've you cut toxic people out of your life because you get to a point in your life and you're like, that they don't serve me. I they, don't need not even that. They are a they are a toxic person. Like their person, they're poison. Like, they're poison, and and they and they don't see that they're poison, and it kind of like ties into the next thing. Like not my next question necessarily, but like something I would like to talk about, which is like Mitch's perspective on himself. Like he <sighs> did not say he told Dick you're a predator, but he did not see himself as a predator. Uh-huh. It's and a, yeah, go he, ahead. Was, he was refusing to face the reality of it. And he was basically deflecting. He was like, Hannah, you used me. And she's like, are you okay, fucking so kidding me? I didn't want to go there yet, but okay, let's go there. Let's fucking yeah. open that so door. He, because he's viewing himself right. as also a victim. Yes, exactly. Right, the whole, because I think so, for those that haven't watched, <laughs> go watch it. Yes. But for the whole series, right, Mitch is like, I, like, I just fought, had affairs. Like, you know, it's not a thing. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, I didn't rape anybody, right? Whole season. Mm-hmm. Then we get to the Vegas shooting episode, which like, oh, okay. Like, I, I the say... Vegas shooting, which I like, just in general, traumatic. Oh God, yeah. Then that's... add everything else that happened. Oh my God. But oh, I will go say that they did a great job of putting the trigger warning in the beginning. Yes. And you well, know, I think that like they have. They to. have to. Mm-hmm. I mean, but but some shows have done that. Yeah, exactly. And, that's true. and kudos to them for actually taking the time to do that. Yeah. It is a heavy episode. It was. so... So uncomfortable to watch. So uncomfortable to watch. So just as nutshell, they go to Vegas for the shooting to report on it because they're obviously news people. Mitch makes sure that Hannah, who is a junior booker at this time, is the one who goes instead of the head booker. And serendipitively meets her on the street, which I'm still like unclear as to like if he was stalking her. Yeah. It's it's so that part's a little like vague, but they're talking she's clearly affected by the shooting like hello and she's traumatic and and or she's she's having like some yes thank you 
And he's like, oh, like, I have this fix for when I'm feeling really sad because I've been doing this for forever. Come back to my hotel room and, and, and we'll watch this movie. So for me, and I, I want you to say, but like for me, if my boss was like, who has been doing this for years, was like, oh, I had this fix. I would be like, yeah, okay. I would like to know, like, yeah. how you deal with this. And, like, I would view that as, like, a professional, like, okay, we're, you know, whatever. We're off the clock. But, like, this is something that I'm going to learn from you. And hopefully we get a little closer. And right. hopefully that will help my career. But, like, I'm not going to that room being like, your dick is going to go inside of me. Right. Like, that's, that is not something that would happen in my head. And I, I what do you think about that? So... I agree with you. And also because someone who is, who, well, pre-COVID had a team, yeah. I would probably be like, please trust me. And, and if you're in this situation, this is how I can help you. Right. I mean, I don't know. So, yes, I agree with you 100%. I would view that as, okay, my mentor is going to help me. This is something that they've been doing this for years. They have, I, I'm new to this. They have a quick fix or they have a method and whatever. So, you're 100% correct. There was nowhere was she consenting to fucking... To fucking to him. Fucking, to fucking him. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I, I agree with you 100%. And then we get to the scene where she's trying to leave and the hug that turns into sex and it... They they did a very good job. I was very uncomfortable. Yeah, I was very uncomfortable and they, they focused on, on, on Hannah. Hannah. which I thought was perfect. Yeah. Like, didn't even see Mitch, thank God. But, no, I, I, I think... And then, so then, cut to... Hannah is outside his apartment being like, why don't you see this from my, I just want you to understand from my perspective. From my perspective. And so the whole season, Mitch is like, I'm a victim. I'm a victim. We see that Vegas episode and we're like, Oh, cause like watching it, you know, he's not the victim, but you're, you're kind of like, but because he's so likable because he's so fucking likable, you are starting to be gaslit by his yes. likableness. You're and like, being like, well, okay, he had an affair. Like, we're not seeing anything kind of crazy happen. There was that one girl that came on the show, but like, yeah. you know, we, we didn't get to see her story. So we're, we're she, being... <laughs> right, right. And then she says, oh, well, I flirted with him. So that all that fucks with your head. All <sighs> of it. Yes. All of it. All of it. And the whole, the whole thing. And they did a great I'm job. The whole, it. and that's why we're, but we get to Vegas then and all of a sudden everyone who's watching is like, Oh, damn. Well, damn. Damn. <laughs> Just damn. Damn it. And then the next episode, Hannah's like, why don't you see it from my perspective? And you're like screaming at him like, why don't you fucking yeah, see like, it? where did you not like... Because no wow. part of it do I... Am I sitting there being like, no, of course he should have stuck her hand, his hand down her pants. <laughs> like, there's no point of it where I'm like, that makes sense. Right. And I know that's the way that they're filming it, but it's also the way that it is happening. Like... There is no point when he should have done what he did. Right. I was just so mad about it. And see, this is also what I think. She was traumatized. Mm-hmm. And this is why I hate when people victim blame. Because when you're in a situation where somebody of power is literally above you and doing something terrible to you, you go into shock. Or some people go, I wouldn't say everybody generalize it, but some people go into shock. And so that's. That's a real thing, and that's not an invitation to keep going. Right. So yeah, I, I hated that he was trying to play a victim card, but it was it was as a viewer, it was hard to like not feel bad for him. But the thing, the reason, the, the minute that I was like fucking done with, and what resonated with me was when she was like, "I don't know why you don't see it from my perspective," and he goes, 
How you're a grown yes. woman? How did you not think an invite from a anchor was going to lead to that? Like blah, 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 right. and it goes back to what we said in our last podcast of like the people in power don't understand because they're never challenged mm-hmm. and they're never in a position where they don't have the power. And he just came out and said all this fucking bull like bullshit. Ah, so mad. I know, I know. So mad. Especially because of what happens in the end, which we're not going to say yet because that's not part of this Nope, and it's, yeah, it's heavy. I I haven't drank enough tequila, so. I'm getting there. What are your thoughts on the season as a whole? I thought it was a very unique story, even though the the issues that are discussed and the topics are discussed is a very common one. Yeah. I thought the way they crafted the story was very unique. So I loved it, and I think every character had such a rich background, which made it very believable. A lot of this, this is what I love about really good TV shows, right? And this is definitely one of them. I May Destroy You was one of them. I got lost in it. Yeah. It was just, I felt like I was just passing through the morning show as Alex, just watching, not the character Alex, as, <laughs> as, as Alexandra. Okay. I'm Jennifer Aniston in yeah. my bougie-ass apartment. In my rich-ass apartment. And they gave me a daughter to make me seem more like a woman, which I have a really big problem with, which we can talk about. Okay. But. No, so I felt like I was just walking through of the everyday life of this these group of people. It was so just well filmed and put together, and the story, to me, wove together every, every character and their baggage was just so believable and it made me understand people like Bradley it made me understand people like Alex and made me understand people like Mitch like all of it was just like it was just so woven together beautifully so like that's what I thought about it it was just a very fucking well done show and a very expensive fucking show I mean again Apple spent the most money on the show and I but I will admit it was very hard to follow the first time the jargon the the crisscrossing of lines of storylines. Yeah, it was hard to follow. So the second time I watched it, I was like, "Oh, oh!" You caught a lot more. I caught a ton yeah. more, and it made sense to me the second time. Yeah, so no, I completely agree. My other question that kind of <clears throat> tagged onto the season as a whole is: Is this kind of a? And sorry for the background noise because my window's open. So there it is. New York City. Is it kind of? Like, in homage, is that the word I'm looking for? To, like, Matt Lauer. Mm-hmm. Right? Mitch is essentially Matt Lauer. Yeah. Harvey Weinstein. I feel yeah. like Dick Lundy would be Harvey Weinstein. And then Fred. Frank? Fred. Who's the head of the news? Fred. Fred is, like, the Fox News guy with the Megyn Kelly thing. Like, I feel like they did a very good job of, like, tying all three things. Because there was a ton of things that came out of the Me Too Absolutely. So there's we're not boiling it down to just these three people, but I think some of the most prominent like (gasps) moments. Well, Harvey Weinstein, I don't think was like a gasp for anyone. I think everybody was like, "Oh fuck!" People, they're like, "We've been dropping hints." We were like, "Duh!" (laughs) You didn't see Rose McGowan in any other Scream movie for a reason. Well, she got killed, but whatever. But you know, like the Matt Lauer thing was very like, "Oh," and then he just wasn't on the Today Show anymore. And then the guy who, like, ran Fox News, like, Megyn Kelly just wasn't on Fox News anymore, but Fox News all of a sudden had a new, like, head guy or whatever. So I think they did a very good job of, like, kind of tying it into the real world without, like, making it to Lena Dunham. (laughs) My new phrase. Which you have to explain. So when I I say if something's to Lena Dunham, it's too on the nose. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. No, I agree with you 100%. They made it very much real life and relatable without being like, this is based off Matt Lauer's thing. Right? <laughs> Mitch is an allegory for Matt Lauer. 
His wife's name is the same wife name. <laughs> he also has 2.5 children in a picket fence. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. So they, they just did a fantastic job. I think they did a really, really good job. What was your favorite part from the season? You're going to hate me. Yeah, I will. <laughs> I just was really... <laughs> if you said fucking Corey. I was really here for Corey. God. It was, <laughs> this motherfucker. Listen, this is... Okay, let me explain why I liked it. Oh, okay, and why it was my favorite part. Please do. Try to convince me. Because he <clears throat> genuinely did come off as a creep, right? Yeah. But then he ended up being a good guy. But I also mm. like... I have a comment on that, but go ahead. Whatever. Um, <laughs> I like... Just his <laughs> mysteriousness. Oh, God. Did you just drink all tequila? No, there's fruit in my straw. <laughs> I hope you choke on it. <laughs> there was a mysteriousness about him, and I loved that his story was he came from the entertainment wing mm-hmm. to cover the news division, and what the fuck was happening in the news division? Drama. And, and so, he was stroking that fire. Stirring the pot. Yeah. He was a pot stir, and I just love it. Like, <clears throat> I... He had an agenda, but it was, it was the right thing to do to expose Fred. No, no, no. I don't disagree with that. I'm not disagreeing with it. I'm not, but I'm just like, the the reason I don't think he's the best part of the season is because I don't think he did it for good intentions. I don't think he was like, yeah, Bradley, go tell this story. Cause he genuinely thought it would be a good reason. He, He was like this is good news and we're going to be the number one news story because of this. Like his intentions were not good because he's a little bit of a sociopath with zero emotions. Oh, I loved him. No, I don't I, know. no. I don't know. he's someone that I think I would sleep with and then cry afterwards. Like, <laughs> I, no, he's someone that I would sleep with and I'd want him to tell, read me, read no. me to Phil, tell me my life. Mm-hmm. Cause I wouldn't believe him. I don't think I believe anything that, I, that comes out of his mouth. Really? I don't believe a fucking word. Whatever. Because I I, he's someone that I feel like shit. You know those people who, because <laughs> I'm one of these people. <laughs> oh, God. About to read myself. You know those people who, like, tell you way too much information so that <laughs> no. you, like, relate no. to them? What? Who's that? <laughs> what? What's happening? This homo. <laughs> I, I will say, as someone, I guess maybe this is why I saw it, is, like, as someone who, like, shares too much information... To stir, to steer you away from what I really don't want to talk about. I feel like that's what he is. He's someone who like he knows how to work a conversation and work oh, pe- and work people. Oh, he drove me nuts. I loved him. He was so. Oh, I he, loved he him. Was my least favorite part. I'm well, sorry. he was my favorite. Also, I loved the guest stars. Martin Short, Cheyenne Jackson. For a, for a, I didn't care. I'm about sorry. Him. No, I don't care about it either. Cheyenne, I love you, and your twins are beautiful. But the only reason they brought him in was to sing a song. Yeah. He's better than that, but... It was a terrible song, too. Um, <laughs> Give him a lame Miz song. Give him I, something. I it's fine. Mindy Kaling was uh, awesome. Her character was fantastic. Loved it. Yeah. Loved it. She brought it, and I believed it, and I bought it. The Minority Report. I was like, ah! I literally was like, oh, oh, she said it. She I thought it, but she yeah, said yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, color on the weekend team right no none of the white people have to work but go ahead okay girl but i think that was strategic the way that they did that in the series honestly 100 percent. because white people be running the morning shows all the Um, time so i I love the guest stars marcia gray harden is fucking fantastic she was so believable as maggie she was so believable as a times reporter that's here no she's the new yorker oh the new yorker yeah and she knows all your tea oh yeah oh yeah and she knows when to spill it she knows how to spill it because she's that slytherin that's like 
Slytherin all day. She's a Slytherin at the party that you're like, don't talk to that bitch unless you want that shit to be. I'm like, I'm about to go be her best friend. Because <laughs> you either are her best friend or you're her worst enemy. Just so you know, your shit doesn't end up in the magazine. <laughs> Regardless which side. Yeah, you exactly. Are. If you're in the middle, your shit's everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> So she I thought I thought the, the casting office, Victoria Thomas's office, did fantastic yes, yeah, in casting. Absolutely, casting was great. It was fantastic. It was great. It was a it was a very well cast show. And I think I mean I've never worked in the news industry. I would ask my news friends, Alex Costa, mm-hmm. for example. I mean she's done this a bunch of times. Yeah. Like, was it real to what I I feel like it to me it felt very believable from what I've heard of the news industry, but I'm not sure. Well, we have to drop the fact that I'm a press junket junkie. And of course, there I saw an interview where they had the consultants of the oh, Today Show. perfect. Yeah, so... I mean, because it was the Today Show. I mean, it legit was. It was called The Morning Show. Right. The Today Show. Right. Show. The best part was because they... Did they mention Good Morning America in the show? No. No, they didn't. That's in Younger. I got confused. Oh, oh Jesus. I'm Christ. watching way too much TV. Yeah, no. So, what were we saying? Yes, that they had a consulting person that was helping. And I think... This was inspired by a book that was written by a former right. So, yes. like a Devil Wars Prada situation. Yes, and so they had a consultant. So I think it. I mean, from the outsider's perspective, it seemed very real. Yeah. Even which, just the high intensity of the behind the scenes. Which leads me to think I could never work in news. Fuck no. Nope. I don't. I would stand in front of a train before I go work at the news. I think if I was twenty-two. Could have done it. Easy, easy peasy. Yeah, right. I would have been scared out of my fucking mind. See, I think I could have done it at 22. At 22, I was like able enough to like chameleon around the office. Now I know myself way too much to be like, oh, what did you just say to me? <laughs> you want me to be on 24-7? Fuck yourself. Fuck yourself. I have a life. I have a podcast. Don't you listen to it? all the way over here. I drop the shit in my office all the time. I'm like, oh, you know my podcast sometimes. One of my coworkers was like, you have a podcast? What's it called? And I was like, here's the link. <laughs> I'm gonna get fired. No, I agree. I agree. So, what were your? Who were your favorite characters besides Corey? Because fuck Corey. We already know you want to suck his dick. (laughs) I'm so mad. I'm so mad. Let me let me calm down. I know. Relax. Did you not see him in Almost Famous? He was fantastic in Almost Famous. I saw that movie like one time. Oh my god. You can't say shit. You haven't watched the Selena series yet, so we can't even talk right okay. now. Okay, <laughs> I can say shit because many Latinas and Latinx people okay, have yeah, 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 spoken yeah, yeah. Okay, their right. mind about I'm the I'm going to shut my Selena. white math up. <laughs> Get white math. Do a white math right now. <laughs> I, um, uh, hey, favorite so, characters. <laughs> I also, okay, I wouldn't say he was a favorite character. But I empathized with Alex's husband a lot. Oh, I even though I, ha- I even though I hated him on on Smash, because he was a predator on Smash. Oh fuck you! That one, that one, I can get a fuck you for. Yeah, that's fair. I we never should, watched. We, it. Should, we should talk about Smash. You should watch. Season I would one. do a Rose and Rewind real quick on Smash. So oh my god! Please, go can fill, we? fill out the guest form again real quick, girl. We gotta make this shit official. We're gonna do Smash. <laughs> Great, sounds good. Um, because I, you know, I love this shit on Deborah Metzing, and I think I would the entire time. Fucking hate her. Hate that bitch. I love. I love her her little partner in crime in it, Christian Borle. I thought I was like Catherine McPhee. It's <laughs> the only other person I know in it. <laughs> oh, her whole life got ruined after that show because she started sleeping with the director and she was cheating on her husband. And whatever. Oh. Anyway, not gonna go down that rabbit hole. Not so, about Smash. 
We will talk about that on the Smash podcast, which I hope you all listen to. My other favorite, no, I, again, he wasn't a favorite. It was hard to have favorite characters because a lot of them got on my nerves, but I still was, again, so intrigued by the yeah. show and the drama of it. I liked, I loved Chip. I don't know why. He just seems so broken. I just want to, like, get to know him. Yeah. Um, you would. You would You would gravitate towards that. I just love <laughs> messes. I love messes. I love broken people. Mm. I will sleep with them so fast. <laughs> I'm just such oh a fucking asshole. You would have slept with Chip. I would have slept with Chip. Yeah, that so, makes sense. So that's hard. I empathize with Alex's husband because, yeah, she was very much into her image. She was very much into the power mm. that she carried. And she knew... She had consultants to talk about her divorce. I mean... Yeah. Yeah. And so I felt for him. I really empathized with him. Again, he wasn't a favorite, but Jesus yeah. Christ, I felt bad for him. Yeah. And he tried. And, and you know, he was put not just the sec- second, but third, because Mitch was before him. Which, whole other issue. Yeah, so yeah. I don't know what about you because you I didn't really... say anything about her favorite characters though. You said you like these people. <laughs> I, I just said I didn't have a favorite character. Oh, okay, well that's annoying. Favorite character? No one. Uh, See, I, you know what? I will say I liked Yanko a lot. I like Yanko and Claire's story. Shut up. <laughs> Hated his name. Yeah, I it was a not weird, have yeah. picked a, a different Puerto Rican name. I know, Christ. but I I liked their storyline. I think they were the most pleasant characters. If that makes any sense. Like, it was nice to have a love story in the fucking shitstorm that we had that was the morning yeah. store. You know what I mean? Yeah. The morning like store. A, the morning store. Wow. Jeez. That's fucking Casamigos. <laughs> Yo. Hey. hey. Um, I agree, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that was nice. And it also, like... It seemed genuine. It, that's what I'm saying. Is like, it was nice to have something that, like, showed the, like... There are sometimes that, like, work rom- romances genuinely come out of, like, you're working together 24-7 you're in this you're in the same industry so you have the same kind of similar mind you're looking right. at each other's brains like it's a whole thing right. so i appreciated that storyline i guess like i don't have a favorite character i think i loved jennifer Aniston. <laughs> but only because really? like only because i think that i had some problems with the fact that they had to like make her so motherly and and now i need to rephrase this I had a problem with the fact that, like, the only way she could... To me, it felt the only way she could be relatable is to have a kid. I think her story could have been just fine without a kid. I don't think we needed the storyline with the child. I think it what it did was, like, made her more relatable next to Mitch. And, like, the only time we see Mitch's kids are that one episode where, like, he's a good person right, until he's party. not. Right. You know what I mean? And so there, it is a tactic to use the child to make them more relatable. And I feel like they used that... To make her, like, more human. And I don't think we necessarily needed that. I didn't need it. She was fine without it. I think that we could see that she was a broken human who really cared about her career. And I related to it on a lot of different mm. levels of, like, career first. I get you, bitch. Like, that's the life I'm going to start living. <laughs> like, <laughs> no husband, no child. I get it. Thank right. you. In my 17-bedroom apartment that... In downtown Manhattan that overlooks fucking Jersey and Manhattan. So like, beautiful. Jesus Christ. Yeah. The balcony that fits 25 I mean, people. I kind of hated Reese's character. Yeah. Because here's the thing. The reason... She plays the same character. Okay, thank you. Every day. <laughs> I was like, I don't think I can say it. Like, every... Like, she's either a rich... Hi, my name is Bradley Jackson. I'm from the South. I'm she's like, either a broken down not. Southern woman. Right. Or she's a rich white bitch. <laughs> like, there is no in-between. Nope. Legally blonde. Sweet home Alabama. Little fires everywhere. Big little lies. Cruel like, intentions. <laughs> cruel intentions. Like, name a show where she is not one of those characters. I'm not going to say... I love Reese Witherspoon. She's a great actress. She's a great actress. I she's love her. She's 
annoying as fuck. That bitch, <laughs> she cannot play. Get, I want to see Reese Witherspoon play grandma. Give me that character, and I might like her a little bit more. <laughs> like, give me the Glenn Close. Oh my god, did you see this movie, the Hillbilly movie with Amy Adams? Not yet. Oof. Rough. That's it's a, so hard to watch. I'm sure. Okay. I like tremble during the, the preview. So if you watch it, we could do a rose and review on it because I would like to talk but about it. It's a show. It's a movie. Whatever. Okay. I'm reviewing everything now. I'm oh, like, nice. <laughs> look at me. I'll review a book. I'm not gonna read. <laughs> Who are we getting? <laughs> I movies. Been I know you've been reading. Not this hoe. <laughs> what? What does that say? <laughs> Enchiladas. <laughs> close. <laughs> it really is close though. I hate you. Okay. Anyway, I would respect her more as an actress if she did something like, like I feel like because Glenn Close takes all these risks and is not really ever recognized for the risks that she takes. I hard agree. So I, I, I love Reese. Would love to see you do something else. <laughs> love to see you act. Like, right? And also not for nothing. I had a hard time with the, and, I, and I'll go to the next question, but I had a hard time with the Alex against Bradley storyline. And like, and the whole like, women threatened by women, women threatened by fresh, new women, that storyline bothered me because I think it, it, it's part of this patriarchal, societal, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like bullshit that I want us to get away from. Right. And, and it felt so kind of like, oh yeah, of course, she's going to be threatened because she's a woman and here's the new woman and like they're always threatened and that's the story we write. I want something new. I want something fresh. Like, I'm not going to lie, the first time I watched it, I thought they played Reese as like something who was 20 years younger and then when I did the second rewatch, I was like, oh no, they're, they know that they're the same age because yeah, yeah. I was like, I don't know who's going to watch this and think Reese is 20 years younger because she's not. <laughs> like, there's a lot of other actresses out there, especially people of color. <laughs> White as fuck. So I guess like, I liked Alex's character a lot only because I was like, all right, bitch, I get you. <laughs> right? And I felt like it was something different for Jennifer Aniston. I don't think she Absolutely. plays that role very often. No. She's rarely the bitch. Right. She usually tries to be the sweet home Alabama, like, which is Reese. <laughs> but she... Well, no, she, she got typecast as a Rachel. Yes. As Rachel. Yes. And all the movies she did. I mean, when she did Cake, she got a lot of recognition for it because it was so out of her character. Yep. So I like it when she steps up. And when she did Horrible Bosses, too, right? She oh played this gosh, molester. Played, yeah, who was in, like, Bananas. Like, bananas, cuckoo crazy, yeah. like, sex addict. Hilarious. Funny as fuck. Laughed my dick but off. But this was so real. Yes. And it was raw. And yes. it was just like, she fucking broke me. No, I really appreciated that. So, who was... Or, or sorry. <laughs> can't read. <laughs> Which character do you identify with the most? And if you don't identify with any character, let me know why you think that is. Because it's a weird I, as fuck show. <laughs> I don't think I identified with anybody. I all felt like... I felt like I could have identified so with... I just read the answer. Yeah, I know. So trash. I don't feel like I identified with anybody, but I think... <laughs> no, I, that's not why you're trash. I want to be very clear. Sorry. I read the next question, and that's why she's trash. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So, you didn't identify with anybody because... No, just because I didn't. And it was predominantly, aside from Yanko, I guess, in the main cast, that was like... Which also, person. like, could they have put any more fucking eyeliner on him? <laughs> I think that's his raw eyes, not to say. No. I think so. I looked at his picture. No. <laughs> it's eyeliner. It's not? Oh, my God. I, I, I was like, why? I, I was watching this and I was like, they're so mean. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> I'm going to shut up. <laughs> I know. The hello? Let I mean, him. I will. Yeah, I didn't identify with any of them, but 
I also am not in their sort of situation. Yeah. They are all very privileged. Yeah. In their world of the morning show, they're all very privileged, right? They're all like... From the bottom up. I mean, Claire's absolutely. like, my dad, London, and I can fire you, you know? Yeah. Like, from, yeah. I'm from London. <laughs> Shout out to my Paris girls. She, like, they're all very privileged, right? And they all have these, like, uh, just very, I don't know, wild schedules. And, like, that's not, yes. that's, no. So I don't relate to any of them. Absolutely none of them. No, I, I agree. I don't think I related to anyone specifically. I think I, I related to the, like, lower position situations, right? Like, when Bradley went to the bar, <laughs> I related to that scene in that, like, when we were paralegals and oh. if a lawyer showed up to a bar... And, like, was like, everything's on me tonight. Like, I've been in those situations. So, I, like, I felt that moment and where you're, like, cautious to say anything around them. Because you're like, oh, shit, I don't know where that's going to go. Right. This is the shit-talking pot. And I, like, want to make sure I can say whatever the fuck I want to say. And, of course, I did. Because uh-huh. I you're you. didn't give a fuck. <laughs> um, still have never been technically fired. So, that times could change. Um, <laughs> okay. And I whoop. So I would say that was like the one situation that I related to, but I definitely didn't relate to like, I've never worked in entertainment. I've never worked in TV journalism. Like, Yeah, journalism is, at that is, level. Especially, yeah, exactly. Like, And I think at any level. I feel like it's there's similarities at every level, but like, yeah. I, I, I've never been a PA. I've never done booking. I don't know any of that shit. So it was hard for me to relate to any one character. And it's not, it's not like... I would say, like, in our, our last podcast that we did, I May Destroy You, like, I've been in situations that Kwame's been in. I've been in situations that Arabella's been right. in. So I could relate to right. them in those situations. Whereas this show was very specific. It was super specific. About one situation. <laughs> Mitch being a rapist. Are we taking a break real quick? I feel so like we, can, uh, we should take a break. We, we should. Before we head into we your definitely, favorite definitely should take a break (laughs) and wow bitch we should take a break okay that's fair all right we're gonna take a break here's a little 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 something something from our sponsor my sponsor it's my podcast this isn't the one we're doing together here's a little something something from my sponsor (laughs) and we're back (laughs) all right we're back from that lovely little break son of a motherfucker oh my god so all right, so we got a couple more questions to go over before we before we hit the end of this podcast. So what representation do you think that this TV show brings to the television industry? If any. And if it doesn't, why doesn't it? <laughs> and, okay, I'm on. Awesome. I know, I, in all seriousness, I think it brings the representation of... <laughs> wow, perfect time to sip your empty drink, asshole. It. it brings a few conversations to light, right? It brings the conversation of men abusing their power. Yep. It brings to light, you know, sexual assault, whitewashed TV. Yup. Very severe work trauma, high stress work environments. It brings all these things because work um, being your life. Work being your life, and there's no fucking work life balance yep. at all. Privilege, like it just it brought a bunch of those things. Tied up into a messy bow to the messiest us, bow. The messiest, dirtiest bow. Like, and yeah. but it but again, I just couldn't stop watching it. And I think it brought those conversations to light very, very smartly. Yeah. And so yeah, like a lot of us saw in real time everything happening with Harvey Weinstein and all that. But And we, they even like had it in the show. Like I think that was like kind right. of an interesting oh. touch. Like that moment when Hannah came to complain. 
uh, which we'll get to in a second. But like when she came to complain to the head of the industry, and the minute he sat down, Wayne it was Becker. like Harvey Weinstein, and you're all like, oh shit. Yeah. Yeah, and so I, I think as an outsider, whenever we were watching all the Harvey Weinstein going on, we're thinking, how could this go on in the industry? What this show did so brilliantly was show how it can be like just a culture, a lifestyle in the industry and how people can be getting away with this for so long and how other people are, are affected by it. Yep. Like, for example, the woman, I can't think of her name, that was having an affair with Steve Carell's character, Mitch. Allison. The one they interviewed? No. no, Mia. 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 So it ruined her career. And she and him had an affair. Okay. No, but so this is a whole... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. So, like, that that was something that, like, we don't talk about how it ruins, like, your fucking life. Absolutely. And, and this, I think, goes back to that whole power thing, right? Like, that when Mitch said, like, what did you think when I invited you up to the blah, blah, blah? I thought if I said no... That you were going to demote me. Yes. Like, you slept with Mia, and the minute she ended that affair, she can't be a producer for be. me anymore. Yes. <clears throat> so, I want to talk about this, because I've had a conversation with people amongst where I work. Yeah, yeah. And Not currently, allegedly. Allegedly. And they were like, well, what would you think if someone invited you up to a whole term? I was like, I would think if I didn't go, I would get fired. A hundred percent. you and I watched one of the Harvey Weinstein documentaries yes. on Hulu. Yes. And what did those what did those people say? The, the, those people that were put in that situation? Harvey Weinstein told me I would never work in Hollywood. Harvey Weinstein told me he would fire me. Harvey Weinstein told my agent if I didn't go that I was going to get fired on any project, even outside of Weinstein films. So... That is what the fuck happens, right? And it doesn't even need to be said because that's the thing. Is like it is your actions. Like Mitch didn't even say it to these people, and he would just do it. And it right. is your actions. Like everyone knows, if you don't do what Mitch asks or Mitch says or keep Mitch happy, suck his dick, like you're going to be affected negatively, uh -huh. which is bullshit and is insane. And here's the thing that I also want to <clears throat> mention, because I think it's very important. So what I also brought up in that conversation I had with people is that I said, you as a person that is unfortunately in that situation, that is being taken advantage of, your subconscious starts to shame you. Yep. If you were to speak up or be like, this is inappropriate. Yep. Your subconscious shames you. And that will cause your body to freeze. Yep. That will cause you not to react appropriately or how people think you should react so i thought that it was just like an important conversation to have brought to light and to be you know distributed in this show because like people are quick to assume that i don't want to say a woman because i don't want to generalize it but a person that is being invited to a hotel room should know better no. a person with the least power in a power dynamic right being invited to a hotel room should know what that's going to lead to fuck no 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 that's not right right like it, and, it, and it goes back to the whole power struggle, right? Like, it, and, and what I've just said, I don't want to be a broken fucking record, but mm -hmm. like, you know, for the people who have never been in that experience and who have always held the power, they don't understand. And you'll never understand, I guess. Right. I hope you do. Right. But it's, it's, it's hard to watch that. Sh it's hard to watch the morning show and see like the journey we went through. We're like, well, maybe Mitch isn't guilty. Like, I don't know. Maybe this is like unfair treatment. And then you're like, Oh no! Like, yeah, like he's, he's a piece of shit. Like <laughs> garbage. 
Trash. Yeah, absolutely. Hot deserve, white garbage. Like, light it on fire, right. throw it in the stick. You deserve everything happening to him. Yeah. Losing yes. everything. Yes. Sitting in your fucking tux in a car, being like, should I go in? And this is, this is, those, it was, re-watching it, it was those moments that I was like, but you know you're guilty. Mm-hmm. You know what you did. You can have your outlash at Hannah, and you can have your, I'm going to do an interview and, like, justify myself. And uh, you can have all these moments, but you sat in that car in your tux. You knew you shouldn't go in. Mm-hmm. You knew you didn't deserve to go in because you knew that you did something wrong. Because it kind of goes back to like when you're a kid, when you're like, when your parents are like, you hid because you knew that you did something wrong. You knew it. Like whether or not you admitted it, whether or not you still to this, like to this day, you can be like, no, I didn't mow the lawn. That was my fucking fault. Like, you know, you could still to this day defend the action or whatever. But you knew you did something wrong, so you hid from it. Right. And there is something to be said in your in your actions more than your words. Uh-huh. Behavior says a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking A. Fucking A. But yeah. Fucking A. I thought it brought, you know, great conversations <laughs> to light. And I, I really hope people that have the point of view that it's usually the woman's fault for not, or the person's victim's fault, whatever. Yeah. That it's their fault to have a, a, a look at themselves in words. And realize that it's a power dynamic that will fuck you up. Yep. For me, <clears throat> I think the representation that it brought was holy white. But is that not a true reflection? <clears throat> like, no, and it is. And I think that this is also like, you know, my, my phrase. Get out of your fucking boxes, people. Like, a lot of white ass people in this morning show. And that's why people love the Today Show. And for all those people who are going to like comment and be like, but Hoda, like... Do you know how long it took to get Hoda into the seat that she's in? She had to be a drunk, sloppy bitch for seasons. <laughs> seasons before we took her as like a head anchor position. Like, get the fuck out of here. And Al Roker was just like the fat weatherman. And like, you know, like, get the fuck out of here. Right. So I think that it did a really good job in representing that story and kind of shedding light onto the fact that like, TV journalism and news. Pretty white. Like, I was watching the election coverage and I was like, it's a lot of fucking white people. <laughs> like, you have your token. Like, your token. And the fact that yeah, it... Yeah, you have it, your Van Joneses of the group that the, are your token. And the fact that we're saying token is the problem. Like, right? It's it's because we know that that's a token black person or a token person of color or a token, you know... Woman. Woman or sexual identity person. Like, we know... Like, Anderson Cooper is, like, now the gay anchor. They're like... Every, like Fuck you. You live in a beautiful apartment. You don't know anything I'm going through. You also come from the Vanderbilt. Hello. Suck my dick. Suck. And I've seen you on dates with not your boyfriend. (laughs) Woo! Never going to be invited to the gay community. (laughs) But, you know, it's like, it's it's the fact that if we're watching news and we can be like, there's that token voice, that token voice, that token voice. It shouldn't be a token voice. It should be just a voice. It should just be someone telling the news. Like, it it should (laughs) just be the news. Like, that's what it is. And so it, it... it, it sheds light onto that representation, but I also did appreciate that they had like a gay black character and his husband who was super handsome, and like they had Yanko like and they had oh my god I'm gonna be, now I'm such a oh yeah the 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 other anchor that was on the weekend <laughs> she was Latina she was in True Blood I loved her in True Blood she I died that was sad <laughs> I don't know her name either but and they had Mia and there was like other car- and Hannah you yeah. know like there was there was definitely representation but it was. Minimal. Like, right. it was the most minimal representation. And have, let's be real, they were all, like, the secondary help. <laughs> exactly. Like, they were the, like, okay, we're going to go to L.A., so you guys hold down the fort over here, 
Great. And like Mia couldn't go to Las Vegas when she got fired from Mitch's team. So you're going to stay in New York because that's what we do for the people we don't give a fuck about. Like, you know what I mean? And yeah, it was a piece of shit. And Mindy Kaling, I think, character brought it to light a lot. Oh, like, so she was funny. there to remind us that, like, these people ate shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I love her so much. She is one of the smartest people yeah. in TV. Oh, absolutely. In TV. Absolutely. Okay, so I have one more question I want to talk about before we do our last call. And the question I want to ask is... So, the whole season centers around Mitch. And Mitch being like, I've got someone who can corroborate my story that I wasn't a rapist. And I that, hate like, that word. What? Corroborate? corroborate. I know, it's, it's a terrible so word. It's a terrible That's word. That's a... English language is disgusting. <laughs> it is terrible. English doesn't make any sense. No. Like, this is not the podcast for it. But, like... Like, the fact that sometimes we I say... <laughs> but also, I hate English, because sometimes we say this, and there's three words that sound the same, but they all mean different things. Like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Anywho. There, there, there. Here, here. Bitch, what? 4-4? <laughs> four, four. Like, get the fuck out of yeah. here, English. Like, don't even try me right now. Sit down. Sit the fuck down. So Mitch is looking for someone to help him with his story and be like, I know, I, I slept with someone and she's going to be fine with it, right? There's that whole Hannah story. Right. And so we learned that actually it wasn't consensual and it was like really bad and it really affected Hannah. And they go back to the office and he ignores her and she just like snaps and she's like, I'm going to go fucking tell the head of the network. And we see that. And, 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 in, and in one vein of it, yes, she is someone who could validate the fact that Fred did cover this shit up for years mm -hmm. but not from the way that Mitch is thinking about it right. that she's like a friend because right. she fucking hates you she wants nothing to do with you not, she, she thinks about you more than she ever wanted to and, she, and in terrible ways but so we see this scene where she goes up to the head of the network's office to be like Mitch took advantage of me he sexually assaulted me I need to talk about this. And before she could even get those words out, he knew what was going to happen. He said, you're doing great work. Mm -hmm. I think you should be promoted. Mm -hmm. I had a very hard time with that scene. Yeah. In the way that, like, it I had to... It broke my heart. It broke my fucking heart. Well, because I had to reflect. Let's say I'm working in an industry that I would... Like, all the industries I'm working in or have worked in, not something that I would have liked. That's not my passion. Like, I thought law was my passion. Wasn't. Like, I haven't worked in an industry that has been my passion. So I had to like put myself in the mindset of like, okay, you're working like towards your goal. You're presented with one of your goals, basically, like a step towards your goal to just shut up about this horrible thing that happened to you. What would you do? Oh, I mean. And, it, and also, no shame at all. Because, because there is no system or societal thing to help you in either direction so if you don't take it and you complain about him you will be shunned if you do take it and then you're the woman who took it like mm -hmm. in, in in no situation do you come out on top so it does not matter there is right. no shame here but like did, for me i thought about it a lot and it was very hard for me to come to my answer i think I think, I think this version of Alex today would not take it and out everybody and be like, you. fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You're cool. cool. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> but Alex two years ago, maybe would have been like, I'm gonna be like, 
burned at the stake if I don't yeah. do what I'm told and I have an opportunity placed in front of me and I guess I didn't die so um, I'm gonna be okay and I'm gonna make more money yeah. so I think I, I it was like a whole yeah it depends where you are in your life yeah. and how how you feel you should go about big battles like these yeah. because that is a, is a huge battle. That's a war. Oh, yeah. That's a war oh, 100%. against a network. Absolutely. Against a networking and against a, a well-known public figure, right? But I think a lot of things that we learned from the Me Too movement, it would make me want to take everybody down. Yeah. I, I, I feel like, unfortunately for me today, I would have taken the the promotion and just shut up and had been like, okay, well you pay for therapy because like, <laughs> sure, I'll take this position, but I'm going to be fucked up. But see, um, and, and that's fine, but I fear that it's going to happen to somebody else, you know? Yeah. And then it's like blood on my hands. That's fair. Just... That's fair. Yeah. I didn't think about that part of it. I guess I was just thinking selfishly of like, you know, she took this position. And also I guess like that's part of maybe why she killed herself was like, she was like, there is a lot of blood on my hands, yeah. and I do think about this every day. It's almost like you become the enabler in the situation. Yep. Which, again, two years ago, probably, like, when I started hearing Me Too, and I was like, oh, other people have gone through this, and it's pretty fucking terrible. Yep. And then when we watched that documentary, oh my god, it was just, like, so hard to watch. Well, and so, and I think that this is, but this is actually, before we get to Last Call, it goes to something I wanted to talk about in the I May Destroy You episode, which was cancel culture. Mm. And and I think that the Me Too movement is amazing. I think they it is it needed to happen. It is it is necessary. Obviously, we did two podcasts on it. <laughs> yeah. it. It is here, it is now, it's something we need to talk about. But there is this element that we're not talking about of the people who who, who can repent like like and and, and this and this goes in, in, in a different vein and let me just like so we're talking about cancel culture as a whole and let me just like take a sidebar kevin hart drives me fucking nuts i'm still mad at him i do not forgive him he has never apologized for the shit that he did so i'm still mad mm-hmm. in my head he is still canceled and is there room for him to grow yes i just need you to apologize and so i think that like there is this part of the Me Too movement that we're not talking about, which is the people who who did things that they could come back from. Right. And and, right. De- and defining what that looks like, right? Right. In that, like, spectrum of consent, right. what does it look like for the people that, like, yes, that was fucked up, but that was not not forgivable. Like, right. Harvey Weinstein, not forgivable. Bill Cosby, not forgivable. Never. Louis C.K., I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, right. Like showing your dick unwanted to someone. Not great. Terrible. Terrible. But it's that thing where it's, we both were like, I struggle with, he could come back. I wouldn't, I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I I think I, I I know. I hear what you're saying. And I, I also struggled with, Trying to think about that too. For example, Asiz Sansari. Yes. I mean, people seem to have forgiven him. He's doing work pre COVID, he was doing tours. Yeah. He has been very quiet. Right. You know, he forced, or yeah, he pretty much forced himself onto somebody. And, yeah. you know, she came forward and, you know, he didn't deny it. It was an incident that happened. So, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know right? what repent looks like for people in these situations. I don't know what and what the road is. to redemption is. Or, right, and not even redemption because I feel like it's. I feel like we never need to forget. Right, like I don't want it to be like a a black label on some people who. It's hard. It's like, it, a, it's like a branding on somebody. Like, right? How do they rebrand themselves? Right, and and assure that they've learned and that that's not their character. And they've grown, right? Because I've said some ignorant shit. You know, I used to say, like, bisexual is the way to gay. Like, <laughs> I don't believe that. That's not who I am. Right. That, that is a 10-year-ago me, different person. Right. Different level of, of fuckery, but, like, still in the same vein of, like, that's some ignorant shit. Right. And this cancel culture, I think, is, is where I'm, like, and, and, and watching that and watching I May Destroy You is really where I'm, like, trying to figure it out because, you know, and, and you said Aziz Ansari, and I was trying to think of somebody else. Oh, my God. Michael Jackson is dead, Ugh, right? Yeah. Is dead, can never hear his side of the story, don't want a victim shame, lack of evidence, lack of, like, hard evidence, which is, like, terrible to say, because, again, that feels like victim shaming, so I'm not trying to be like, well, well you we need a video to... Right? Like, I need, I need to see that his pee went in your bee, because, yeah. like, that's terrible. I don't want that. I don't right. need to see that. But, like, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, so do I never listen to Michael Jackson now again? Because, like, R. Kelly's taken off all of my shit, right? I'll never... Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? But that's, what's like, that's easy. Like, yeah. that's an easy one. <laughs> like, Harvey Weinstein, that's a little harder. Weinstein movies, I don't really know what all of them are. I do love the Scream series. I just watched them, so it's, like, a little, a little bit harder, but... But he's no longer with the affiliated, so... Exactly. But, like, it's, it's, it's those moments that I'm, right. like, I'm no, struggling. I... And, and I think it's a conversation we need to have. Right. I hear you. So something something to open it up to the public, you know, maybe Right. I don't have the answer. I don't know yeah. how it looks. I don't know what repent means and redemption means yeah. for people that have been quote unquote cancelled right. because of reasons that right. fall into that category. Right. I don't know. Like JK Rowling cancelled as fuck. Oh well she she's she's never gonna be uncancelled because she refuses to fucking listen. Cancelled as fuck. Believes her bullshit. Exactly. <laughs> Harry Potter. Do I have Harry Potter tattoos? Yes. Will I love them forever? Always. Yeah. Harry Potter is not JK Rowling. And I guess that's the other the other part of this, right, is separating the the person from their artistry. Yes, and oh, it's very hard to. I have a hard time listening to Michael Jackson. I, oh, I really do. I skip him every time he comes on my playlist. Yeah, I'm like, and I love Michael Jackson songs. Yeah, songs. I, yeah, <laughs> thank you. Love Michael Jackson songs. Songs with an S. <laughs> Facebooks. <laughs> okay, no, it's just something I want to bring up, and and for the audience, and and again, I'm trying to be more interactive this season, so I'm really looking like. If you follow me on the social medias, which today was really funny because I saw a lot of people started following me that didn't, that are really close friends, that I'm like, huh, <laughs> interesting. I can't, I can't be that person because they're going to be on an episode and I feel like a piece of shit. 100%. But I really try to be more interactive. So for people that listen to these episodes and when I post like an audiogram, like, let me know what you think. I think that, that these, these, you know, conversations we've been having are bigger conversations that need to be had and... Mm-hmm. We need to continue having them. And it shouldn't be just, well, the season's over. Let's not talk about, like, you know, consent or sexual abuse anymore. Like, right. no, those things still need to happen. But, so what is your last, last call on Rosé and Review? What's your last call? Last call for alcohol. Final call. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Oh, my God. <laughs> Fucking final call. Shit. Yeah, I can't. Uh, you know, last call is 2 a.m. in San, or 1.30 a.m. in San Antonio. Yeah, because basura. Trash. But People? also, like... New York is a special kind of place for 4 a.m. 4 a.m. is a late <laughs> Bitch, last call. I mean, 4 a.m., there's a lot of cocaine in New York. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. 
It's a big part of it. Although Miami, you would think even more so, 2 a.m. Doesn't make it. New York is the only place, I think, in the world at 4 a.m. No, you don't stop drinking in Europe. Europe, there's no time. Berlin doesn't stop. Paris stops. The bars close in Paris. Also, Mexico? Do they stop? No, they didn't. (laughs) We were there till 6 in the morning. We were there so fucking late. Okay, my final thoughts. I've already said it, but the show was very expensive and it paid off. And I also am a dork for music in in TV and okay. film. I do genuinely love music composers. I wanted to be a band director at one point in my life, and I was an all-state musician and a drum major. So, makes you know, sense. and I play guitars, and there's so many more things about me I don't know. But I love the score so much. This composer also did the music for Twilight, which I fucking hated the movie Twilight. But that oh, score yes. was popping because Carter Burwell did it. And I was like, yes. When I saw this on the fucking credits, I was like, oh, you did the morning show? Fun fact. So good. I saw Twilight for the first time ever in quarantine. <laughs> really? It's a shitty ass movie. It's terrible. It's so bad. But I'm team Taylor Lautner, so it's fine. Oh, okay. Because he's um, hot as fuck. How? <laughs> <laughs> I... Cannot with what just happened yeah. right now. Let's... No, so, I mean, final thoughts are, it brought a great conversation to light. Mm. I do hope for a second season, because there was a lot of cliffhangers. Yes. The way that the, I would say, that what was really powerful about the series is the last episode, the last scene, when they start outing the network, yes. and it's being broadcasted, and then it just goes, boo, and it literally mm-hmm. plays through the credits. And it was right before, I think, they were going to say something like super important like I feel like they, they got the gist of it it was like Fred has been sweeping this under the rug and Mitch is a piece of shit and blah blah but they were just about to say something super powerful yes and I felt like that was powerful cutting women off before they make a point which maybe I just did and oh my god <laughs> oh my god you're part of the problem I have to go <laughs> get out of your apartment oh my god I'll see you later <laughs> Maybe. Oh my god. No, no, but like, that was no. holy shit. It okay, was. Sh- not you. No, no, I'm not shushing you. Fuck <laughs> you! No, it was, it was fucking smart. It was yeah. done so well. Yes. And it was impactful. And yes. it shook me. Oh, bitch. Oh, bitch. So yeah, final, that's my final thought. I agree with all of that. I think that Hannah's suicide was Ooh. a very, and, and apologies for... For people who deal with with who have dealt with that and are dealing with those emotions, I apologize for just kind of dropping that very cavalier. I feel like that was a very that set the tone for the whole episode, Oof. and it fucked me up. Like fucked me up when the episode started like that. I was like, oh, I thought we were gonna just have some like scandalous interview. I was not the first time I watched this. I remember being like, the fuck. Just mm-hmm. happened. Mm-hmm. I thought we were gonna just take her to rehab. Or I I was like, okay, she might have a mental breakdown. Like, who hasn't? But like, <laughs> <laughs> terrible. But like, we like the oh, I can't get the image out of my head. Honestly, of her I... like on the floor. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Oh, a lot. Yeah. So I thought I I felt my final thoughts on the show is is very powerful. It said it said a lot. It talked about a lot without talking about it. Again, you know, I love a show that isn't like, hey. Lena Dunham. I I love a show that doesn't Lena Dunham. I love a show that doesn't Lena Dunham. When they're smart. And be like, look at this statement I'm making, but makes a statement and a very powerful statement. I mean, like, it made a fucking statement. 
the you know it was nominated for a ton of Emmys. Mm-hmm. I'm glad it didn't win any because I think this year's Emmys were Chef's Kiss. I mean trash. Like the whole award show being virtual was garbage and like oh my god who was their producer? I apologize, but like <laughs> as someone who's been producing virtual events now for six months, I was like that was terrible. But all of the winners we got Regina King like beautiful. We got oh my god thank you. Like it was a very POC powerful Emmys, very, very powerful, like not white Emmys, and I was super happy for it. So I'm glad that they were like nominated, recognized for their achievements. Billy but, like, Crudup won, your guy. Nah, your see, I can't give a fuck about that guy. Uh, Billy Crudup won Best Supporting, Supporting Actor. actor. Yeah. Which, like, that category is always white as fuck, so whatever, fine. I mean, most of the acting categories are. They are. And, but, I, but, and that's what I appreciate. Like, they recognized the skill that went into this show. Yeah. But it, I don't think it needed, like, Billy won, great. But I don't think it needed, like, Jennifer Aniston didn't need to win. No. Reese didn't need to win. Like, we all knew they did a great job. It was not their time. It was a very well-told story. I think we're all very highly anticipating season two and seeing what that's going to do. Go ahead. What I thought was interesting was that the critics liked it more than the audiences. Because <gasps> I, I gave you the Rotten t- Tomato score, right? I should look at that. What did I say? That was wild. I thought it would be vice versa. So, or at least equal. For those listening, the critic score... No, the critics... Hated it more than the audience. Oh, my yeah. bad. No, yeah. So, I mean, that's still fucking wild. No, yeah, yeah. So, because, because they got so many fucking Emmys. You're right. No, that's that's true. I see what you're saying. That's what. So, the critics score is 61% on Rotten Tomatoes, and the audience score is 93. Damn. Um, 93. Which I think, like, yeah. It, and you know what? My thing is, like, for me, at least, I don't know about you, but for me personally, whenever I am... am Looking for a new movie, I, I for Rotten Tomatoes, I don't usually use for TV because I feel like, especially for, for TV shows outside of the norm, like the white people, <laughs> like the critic scores are not that great because it's like five people versus like you have like This Is Us and it's like a hundred people critique this. It's like, yeah, go fuck yourself. But the audience really score, I really fucking hate that show. I'm going to do an episode on this season, though. Oh, and I'll right. let y'all know why I fucking hate that show. But I feel like the audience score is based on people. Like, I can just log in and give an audience score. Like, so yeah. I can be part of, exactly, I can be part of the conversation. So I always really trust the audience score. I really try to, especially for movies, whenever I'm like, what movie should I watch? Like, what was the audience score? Oh, the audience score was 98% and the critics was 45. I'm going to watch this because I'm yeah, sure yeah. it's good, you know? Right, um, right. And I feel like this show kind of mirrors that. Like, But you're right. It's a little wild that it got so many Emmy nominations and the critics are still like, but you know what it is? I'm sure it's because it's these people in the industry. They're like, you didn't represent us, right? Like, this wasn't a great Probably like, the Emmy adaptation. voters, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, the Emmy voters were like, uh, this might be a good show to look at critics. <laughs> hello. <laughs> but thank you so much for being on here today. I appreciate this. You know, we're going to have you on a couple more episodes this season. Maybe on Patreon. I don't know. I don't know what the future holds. It's December, so we'll see what happens. But welcome to, you know, I'm like, welcome to what? What the fuck? Get drunk. Shut up, tequila. (laughs) (laughs) But yay. Awesome. Okay, that's a new episode. And now I got to find the button to shut this shit the fuck up. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode uh, from the Rosé Empire. 
We hope you liked it and you enjoyed the content. Uh, as always, you know, I am listening for your feedback. Would love to hear from you. If you are not following me on social media, you definitely should be. I am um, Rosie in Review on Facebook. I am Weaver underscore Beaver under t- underscore TV on Instagram. And I'm Rose and Review on Twitter because, you know, I picked a name with an accent in it and that doesn't exactly translate to a Twitter handle handle profile. Also, if you want to get involved in the podcast, if you want to be a guest uh, on the podcast, there is a link in all of my social media profiles um, for you to fill out a form and we will get to back to you on availability. And if we are able to, if we haven't already recorded, maybe, you know, said episode about said TV show. Uh, if you'd like to be a sponsor, there's also a sponsor form on my link tree as well. You know, I am willing to give shout outs to all small businesses, um, queer owned businesses, black owned businesses, especially, and, um, you know, anybody that, that sells liquor, you know, I am, I would love to take some of that liquor and drink it on my episode and talk all about you, um, and your liquor store. So that can also happen. Uh, some other things I am, I have a Patreon account and, you know, it's, it's soft launch right now. So it's really just talking about it here on my episodes but if you're interested in you know getting to know you know more content um you know there's different levels so different levels of subscription get different things but if you want to check out my patreon account that is also in my link tree on my social media account so i definitely recommend checking that out because the more patreons i get the more i can make this a full-time job which is really what i want to do and i really want to you know, be bringing you all this content that I think is a lot of fun and I think we can have a lot more fun with it if I make this my full-time job versus my side hustle. So thank you again so much for tuning in. We, uh, you know, I say we, it's me. I'm, I'm it's really just me doing this right now, but I really appreciate all um, everyone who listens and I will uh, talk to you next week. All right. Have a great one.